Today's show is sponsored by ObservePoint. That moment when executives, peers, competitors are questioning the data analysts and scientists' reports, their job and credibility are in question. ObservePoint gives data professionals confidence in their data and insights by automatically auditing your data collection for errors across the entire website, testing your most important pages and user paths for functionality and accurate data collection, alerting you immediately when something goes wrong, tracking your data quality and QA process over time. You can request a demo at www.observepoint.com forward slash analytics today to learn more about ObservePoint's full data governance capability. Again, that website is www.observepoint.com forward slash analytics today. Thank you for joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I am your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me is Samir Khan. What is up? Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? It's December, huh? Oh, man. Is it? It's like, is it really December yet? Okay, see, here's uh, the creepy part. Okay, so it's December, what, 15 today, right? And I'm sitting okay. there thinking, oh my gosh, is Christmas really in 10 days? And wait, did I get everything yet? Um, then I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if I didn't get everything yet, do I just go to Amazon and buy it? Mm -hmm. But then if I go to Amazon and buy it, I have to assume that's going to come back on time and be shipped on time when I can just easily leave my house and not be lazy like what we used to do and just actually go to the store and buy it. Buy it, yeah. <laughs> you know? You know how it is? It's just so the bad easy habits to, not going to go away. <laughs> no, it's so easy to sit at your house and order all of your Christmas gifts and never even leave the house. And it's just the new lazy way of doing things. I know. Exactly. <laughs> all right, so today is our favorite episode of the year. It's our 10 digital and data trends for the upcoming year. This is our predictions episode. That's awesome. Yeah. Everybody loves these. Well, I'm assuming everybody loves them because it seems like we get a lot of views and downloads of this. We love them because we are usually like 80 to 90% minimum, right? So yeah, cool. Let's do this. Let's okay. dive in. Yeah. What do right? you got? Okay. So 10 digital and data trends for 2022. Number one. Marketers will use AI-powered audience solutions instead of cookie-based. Okay, this is a really big one. First, what we got to do, Samir, is we got to explain to the audience what is happening with the cookies, right? Because everybody's heard like cookies are going away. I mean, so we're basically saying that because the cookies are going away, that AI or artificial intelligence-powered audience solutions are going to take that over and be in and work in place of the cookie-less world, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. And if you look at it uh, today, what's happening is the third party cookies, basically uh, not the cookies that you drop into your visitors' computer or devices when they come to your own website, 
But basically, before what was happening is if they go to you know New York Times or they go to any other places that are not your own property, and a cookie was being dropped, and you were leveraging that cookie to retarget them. You know, you used to see all those retargeting ads that are like following you everywhere. Mm-hmm. That is because uh, it's leveraging a third-party cookie. What is happening today is with the uh, deprecation of the third-party cookie, with most of the browsers going away with it. Uh, and uh, now I've heard that Google is delaying it for 2023. But still. Yep you're going to not have the ability to target those users with the retargeting ads, just like you're doing today with iOS device changes and stuff like that. So what we're saying here is we're saying is because we're going to lose that ability to target the users because of the specific data sets that's going away, the cookie driven data, mm-hmm. it is important for us, the marketers to start thinking about how can they leverage a more advanced technology and more artificial intelligence driven solution to define their audiences. Like some of the companies are already coming up with some solution, like IBM is launching one of them. I know Adobe is working on another one. So all these companies are coming with the more sophisticated solution to develop the audience segments. So that's kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. So rather than, rather than a one-to-one, because a cookie based solution is really a one-to-one based solution, right? The cookie dictates the actual activity. And so you're saying they did specifically this, it was tracked, it was, you know, it's timestamped with the cookie. So we're going to use that actual verbatim action and then turn around and do something based on that. The AI is a little bit different. It's more, how do I say it? It's using, yeah, it's using multiple data sets instead of using the cookie data, right? So for example, like, uh, you know, it's Christmas time. What, what is the, uh, behavior of your audience is going to be during that time yep. or they're traveling to some specific location so leveraging the location data yeah. leveraging the consumption well that seems like actually a smarter of- solution right yeah I mean, it does it, it, it does. seems like the evolution of of really cookie-based tracking because cookie-based tracking was the fundamental way of tracking people it was the initial way it was the old school way if you think about it this should be the better way to do it this is definitely better. So let's not panic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was always going to be a new solution. Let's not panic. I agree. Awesome. Okay, that's number one. Number two, actionable video ads with in-video shopping experience will replace traditional video ads. This is huge, right? So if, if you think about it, um, imagine, uh, not imagine, we all know that when we wake up in the morning and we start looking at social media and reconnecting what's happening in the world because obviously we went to bed and we and that whole time that we were sleeping we missed out on the whole world so we have to jump on social media the first thing in the morning when we wake up it's pathetic but this is what everybody in the world does right right and when you look at social media you have options do you look at text do you look at pictures or do you watch videos Ding, ding, ding. Everybody watches videos, right? It's yeah, the way to do first it. Thing. So Their TikTok's open or Instagram. Exactly. Or have you? Yeah. So l- let's dig into this. We say actionable video ads versus traditional video ads. Let- let's give an explanation of that. Yeah. So the traditional other. video ads are essentially not interactive, right? You're just watching the video. So it's more of a passive engagement uh, that you're pursuing with the videos. Now what's happening is Uh, YouTube uh, recently announced that they're going to launch a video action campaign. Basically, what it means is directly from within the video, 
the consumer, the person who's watching the video, they're going to be able to get the link to the shopping cart yep. without actually interrupting the video. And, and, and similarly, Amazon said, okay, now we're going to have a direct buy now button within the video. So while yep. they're watching the video, they can actually start purchasing from there on without having to pause the video or stop it and go to the next screen. So that interactive experience of buying a product from within the video ad, it's kind of like, you know, I, I'll, the analogy that I give is when you're in the grocery store aisle, you have done your shopping and then you're in the payment aisle, you see all these bubble gums and mm -hmm. chewing gums and stuff like that. And all the fancy candies that are the last minute they're asking you to buy, like right there when you're making the payment. So yeah. it's a similar experience here when you're watching the video, instead of you trying to stop the video and now you completely forget about buying that product, you have now the option of buying it directly within the video. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's enticing you to make the purchase within the video. So that's kind of the actionable video mm -hmm. ads experience that are going to start yeah. increasing because all of these major platforms are incorporating it in their videos. Yeah, I, I like that. It, it, it makes it, like I said, it makes it easier. I just wish that... I wouldn't have to pause in the middle of a video that I'm watching on YouTube and listen to an ad and then get back to it. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they just make it terrible for all of us. So, okay. Yeah, cool. I think so. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, I really like that because what's going to happen is once you have the ability to deliver the shopping experience within the video, yep. and the way I see it is you don't need these ads that are coming in between because the ad itself could become an actual video where you're yep. going to have the shopping experience. My hope is like, yeah, I really don't like those ads as well. Uh, but at the same time, I know that uh, someone has to pay their bills. So that's why they have the ads. Uh, but exactly. with the in-video shopping experience, I think those ads will slowly go away. Yeah, I completely agree. So um, let's see. Number three, conversational marketing will overtake script-based marketing. Okay, this is a big one, right? So we're talking about predefined script. Hello, Samir. Dot, 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 pause three seconds. Hello, Jeremy. Dot, 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 pause three seconds. How was your day? I am fine. How are you? So we're talking script-based Right. Script based marketing versus conversational marketing. Um, I think there's a bigger nuance to that rather than just saying people are following a script. How, how are we defining this? Yeah, no, that's exactly the way you defined it. It is the same way. Right. Today, what happens is today we follow a specific pattern during our yep. sales process and in our marketing process. We treat the customers with a more consistent responses and the customers are more smarter. Uh, they're more finicky than they were before. And they understand that when someone starts to script, you immediately get frustrated. And you shut down all your listening capabilities because you know that this is going to try to sell you something. Uh, un unless you're actually participating in the conversation, understanding what's going on with your customers uh, and realizing their problems before you start speaking your product and service benefits. Uh, that's what conversation marketing is. This pattern is starting to evolve on the sales side as well, but now more so on the marketing side where you're really getting in deeper with the customer in their situation, their specific needs, and then yep. providing them the right type of solution. Uh, or if you don't have a solution, letting them know like, hey, we don't have a solution and this is probably, uh, I, I don't think we can help you, but at the same time, not like forcing your typical scripts to the customer. So that's what we're saying is the conversational marketing. And then with the, with the ability to leverage the bots 
yep. uh, and the chat services, the automation that's coming with it, <clears throat> all of that is going to support having us moving away from a typical scripting marketing services and going into more of a detailed conversational marketing. So that's kind of where we are on that one is uh, the ability to overcome the challenges uh, that we are facing today in the marketing world with a more thoughtful yeah. and thorough marketing. No, I, I completely agree with that. It's just one of those things to where I, I think it falls in the line of, of the concept of needs-based selling, right? Needs-based selling has been such a, a key topic or a hot topic in, in the sales and marketing world. And I think what this has done is mimic the concepts of, of needs-based selling. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a really nice way to put it. Very cool. Okay, so we got the first three, right? The first three were marketers will use AI-powered audience solutions instead of cookie-based. The second is actionable video ads um, with in-shopping experience. And then the third is conversational marketing will overlap script-based marketing. Okay, so number four, our good old friend IoT. I remember talking about IoT years ago, right? So IoT is the Internet of Things. So the IoT devices will increase by 30% in 2022. So just so we all are aware, the IoT is really these connective devices. And we're not just saying, oh, your phone is an IoT device. No, we're talking about like smart TVs, smart refrigerators that have a camera inside that have now detected you are low on milk, right? Yeah, or and you're a smart Tesla. <laughs> yeah, you're my, my smart Tesla, right? That tells me, hey, um, I see that you are looking at your phone. The internal camera in the car says, you're looking at your phone. Stop doing that and look at the driving. road, <laughs> at the road of where you're going. So it starts to send alerts and stuff like that. Yeah, this yeah. is the IoT device. So we have a prediction that it's going to increase by 30% because it is more... I guess, more of a connected world, if we want to say, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the more so than the launch of 5G, right? So this year, we saw a bunch of uh, telecommunication companies coming with their 5G bandwidth solutions. As a matter of fact, Verizon just also launched their 5G solution for businesses, where businesses no longer have to rely on the typical internet services or fiber optic services. Your data for the business is going to be delivered now through 5G Verizon. Uh, and so... Everything is now going towards that 5G route. And what's going to happen is the near field communication, which only happens that you have an NFC chip and you make the payment from your cell phone if it has an NFC, which is a near field communication, it's going to go away because you don't need that. You have 5G and the 5G is going to be everywhere. It's going to communicate from one device to the other. The shortage that we had before 5G was launched was in order for one device to communicate with the other, you need some very strong connection, like a Bluetooth connection, and it has to be closer in vicinity to do that. But with 5G, you don't need that closer relationship. You can be anywhere Well, So one car can actually talk to the other car. So make sure they're maintained the equal distances. So if, like, say, in one car, the driver is sleeping and the other car is able to sense it, then they can automatically make a distance between the car preventing the accident. So that's the power of these IoT devices. And that's just for consumer side. I mean, if you look at the business side, what's happening today is the IoT devices can increase the productivity. They can improve the innovation cycle. Uh, they can uh, reduce the cost. They can increase profitability. So there are many supply different chain, ways. Right? 
it's like supply chain issues, right? I mean, exactly. You, you they can thinking... solve the supply chain issues. They can detect that pre-advance yep. and then they can make the appropriate measure. Like, you know, talk about robotics, like uh, around 85% of the businesses, uh, they're yeah. either evaluating and leveraging some type of AI and robotics. So it's just enormous amount of uh, power that is now given to the end consumers with the help of these uh, 5G capabilities, which is what we're saying is the IoT devices is going to be uh, the beneficiary of it. So awesome. Okay. <laughs> this is so awesome. This is so nerdy. I love it. Okay. So <laughs> number five, the adoption rate for a fully remote or hybrid sales model. Okay. Th this is a good one. Th this is, th this is one we're talking about, you know, I, I guess the evolution of, of sales, right? The, the evolution of how we do business. So when we're talking about fully remote versus a hybrid sales model. The definition of that fully remote obviously means you don't go into the office, right? You do not have a place at the office. Um, you have, you work from home like I do, like a lot of us do. Yeah. And a hybrid model is, you know, something to where you're in the office three days a week. I, I remember Google posting out something to where you're in the office Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm -hmm. or in the office Tuesday and Thursday, and the three other days of the week you're at home. And they're doing this by allowing for people to have more, I'm going to use this word sanity, right? Because you have to understand that there's a lot of things you got to take care of at home. So uh, the adoption rate from this means more more companies are willing to adopt this and and really to take part in this right right and then most companies who are more traditional as well they wanted employees to come to the office and kind of warm the seats if you may for the lack of the better term is is changing right they're realizing yeah. that today uh, when companies is, are opening the entire world you know companies are hiring employees around the world now because of this virtual capability yeah uh, so that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is if you look at some of the statistics, so HubSpot, they released their 2021 sales enablement report. And what they reported in that uh, uh, insight was 64% of the people who transitioned to the remote selling, they met or exceeded their revenue targets. So not yeah. only that, it is benefiting the employee to stay home, but is benefiting the corporation because the employee's productivity is going up. You know, you spend less time in the traffic, you get less stressed out, your productivity increasing because you're now more, more time selling and uh, applying your sales skill and selling to the consumers. No more flights delays, you know, no more getting stuck in the airport. You can do everything online and that is clearly impacting the revenue and productivity. Yeah. And I think for me, it's one of those things that I'm thinking about, Ben, if I could ever, or if I ever had to just go into the office and be there from eight to five or eight to six every day, when am I going to, you know, watch my, you know, Netflix show, but <laughs> when am I going to take a quick power nap during the day or, or, yeah. you know, when am I going to go out for lunch or go to the gym or something like that? It completely disrupts your entire day but the thing is you still feel productive you still feel like you can accomplish so many things so it, it's interesting and and i think what's going to happen to a lot of these companies is they're going to realize man we've invested so much money in real estate infrastructure yeah infrastructure and there's invested so much money in the office infrastructure how are they going to do it i, I don't know what's going to happen in the in the you know the commercial um real, real estate world sector. yeah who knows who knows very interesting yeah. Okay. So we got number six, uh, customer loyalty in e-commerce will continue to evaporate. So customer loyalty basically means going back to the same place to buy, correct? 
That is correct. And, yes. and with so many, well, first off, if you take a step back is the 2020 and 2021 have been years of e-commerce, right? We have made e-commerce, like a lot of companies have made so much business in those two years in the e-commerce world that they have made their entire lifetime because of the remote work, because of people staying at home, because of all kinds of fun stuff and logistical challenges. Uh, the e-commerce world has impacted and increased quite significantly. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, now consumers have a lot more options. So the avenue of getting a loyal e-commerce provider, like, you know, I only go to Target to do my e-commerce shopping, or I only go to Amazon is evaporating, even with, you know, companies like Amazon, even with the logistical excellence that they deliver company, people now can go to any provider that they want because everyone, most of the big providers have an e-commerce shopping front. And on the same time, smaller companies are also becoming e-commerce organization. Yep. So if the customers just want to try something different, they want to go and work with another provider that offers an e-commerce solution to them that has suffice their needs, they can go do that. And because of that, what's happening is it, there is a, there's a report that came out from Forbes that says 75% of the brands customers do not purchase again from the same online shop. Why? Because of uh, the things that I mentioned, there are so many different options. The customer no longer have to get tied to a business. They can be free to go shop anywhere. Yeah. I, I hate to say it. it it's going to make it harder on marketers. Our, our listeners, it's going to make it harder on you. So it forces you to do your job better. Right. Well, it that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The yeah. relationship building is very important now, more so than ever, because now you have to build the relationship with your consumers in order to uh, get them back to your store. So you're basically saying it's a the evolution or the integration of both uh, acquisition and retention teams that are going to really have to start working together to really share best practices, because in actuality, your retention is really new acquisition. Um, you're you're, Absolutely. you're competing. Very well said. Yeah, you're yeah. competing with the same people over and over just to get somebody to come back to you. Okay, so we've got six. Uh, number seven, this is a big one, right? Personalization will expand across multiple devices. So this is something that we've seen growing over and over. So when we talk about personalization, it's that one word that doesn't really mean something, but it means everything. And the way the mean the reason I say that is if you walk into a room of marketers and business professionals and you ask them, so what is personalization to you? You're going to get 20 different answers from 20 different people, right? So for our definition here, we're going to define it differently, you know, Samir and I, but personalization really comes down to giving the right message to the right person at the right place at the right time and the right device, right? That's kind of the overall synopsis of it. But we're, gonna, we're talking about how this ties back to the IoT devices will increase by 30% in 2022. We feel like this is really tied to that, that personalization is going to expand into that IoT market, into all the other devices, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen is now we're going to have an opportunity to link the customer interaction across multiple devices, including the IoT. And there, then the concept of loyalty and just having your maybe just a phone for the loyalty is going to go away, right? Because all these yeah. devices will have your loyalty data. So you don't necessarily have to pull your Starbucks uh, app or you don't have to do specific action in order to show that you're loyal to that brand. The brand will capture 
you from multiple different uh, angles and know that, you know, this is Jeremy Roberts, this is a loyal uh, Starbucks customer or as a loyal Tesla customer, they will know you more, more so because they have now ability to capture that across different devices. Yeah. And, and, and the beauty of it is this all has to be done. This is for the, you know, the big tech companies of the world. All this is powered by a technology that needs to be in place where we're talking about real-time CDPs, right? We're talking about the ability to, to stitch together profiles across multiple devices. Yes, this is going to be a big thing, but it has to do with the adoption of these types of technologies in order for that to happen. Yeah, so the, so let's just expand CDP consumer yeah. data platform. 2021, we saw a big expansion in the consumer data platform. So if you guys remember the technology, the the ad tech of the world, the martechs of the world, mm -hmm. they're converging into this consumer data platform where it's collecting all the data from different sources and allowing you to target your consumers as one single entity instead of multiple entity across the device. So that's actually, Jeremy, that's a great yeah. point because personalization has benefited hugely from the CDPs. Exactly. Okay, we're at, let's see, number eight. This is exciting. Okay, metaverse. Metaverse marketing adoption will increase for top brands. So let's make sure, and Samir and I were talking about this just before the podcast, is that metaverse is not Facebook, right? We're not talking about meta. We're not talking Facebook. The, the definition that we decided on um, as we were coming into this episode, think of it as like ready player one, right? Or think of it as these virtual worlds, right? I think that free was guy the movie. Yeah. Free guy. Yeah. The movie free guy with Ryan Reynolds. Hey, Ryan Reynolds, if you're listening, uh, give us a call and you can jump on the podcast. <laughs> free uh we're, we're, we're doing a personal invite so if anybody knows ryan reynolds ask him to come on and talk about the metaverse so just yeah. hint, wink wink right hint hint <laughs> um <laughs> but that's a cool one so metaverse we're talking about like free guy movie or ready player one we're not talking about the actual reality but a meta world or a virtual reality world and we're talking about how that marketing adoption will increase for top brands yeah, and it's it's very, very interesting that you say that, right? Because let's just explain what Metaverse really is. So Metaverse is this virtual world uh, where people are going to spend more time and they still spend time. Like, you know, there are lots of games where you're in your uh, in your Metaverse, you're part of like mm -hmm. Clash of the Clans, you're, you're completely soaked in. And I see that all these competitions happening with that. And uh, so when people are spending a lot more time on these gaming devices, eventually these gaming devices are going beyond the game itself and mm -hmm. it's becoming a part of the life. So imagine the metaverse, you're going into a store, you may buying a product or a service and that a product actually gets delivered in your real life. So the connectivity between your real life to the virtual life is where the metaverse comes in. So everything that you're going to do now is going to be a part of that metaverse. And, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, he announced in the uh, Q2 2021 earning that Facebook is now going to move from a social media platform to a metaverse because he mm -hmm. realizes the potential of it. Now, we don't know how much of an impact it's going to have immediately on our day-to-day -day life because, again, you know, a lot of people are not going to be so savvy about the metaverse. They're still going to live in the real world. Yeah. But the newer generation, <laughs> the Generation Z, they're probably more so excited about that because they spend a lot more time into the virtual world. What we're saying is because there is going to be an incremental adoption of the metaverse across the board. 
the top brands, I would say the top 20% of the Fortune 100 companies will start opening up Metaverse as one of the channels. So you may see like a Amazon opening their shop in the Metaverse cool. or Apple opening their shop in That's the Metaverse. Cool. You have a Starbucks coffee shop where you can go buy stuff and it gets delivered to your house. So all of those starts to happen is like connecting the virtual to real. That is so awesome. I, can't, I cannot wait for all this stuff to happen. That, you know that there's... It's the giddiness that uh, reasons why Samir and I got into tech is because all this stuff is just so cool. Yeah. You know, it's we, it was like, we cannot wait for this to happen, right? <laughs> okay, number nine. So ad optimization will become extremely sophisticated. So let's explain that because in, in the world of, of data and analytics, the word extremely seems more like a... Um, you know, it seems like a, a metaphor, right? So how, how are we describing this, this concept of ad optimization? We talk about optimization, we're talking about ads that are, are optimized more specifically to the needs of the customer, right? Yeah, the way I think about that is today, even though the businesses are spending a significant portion of your budget on Google and Facebook advertising, uh, Boston Consulting Group actually did a study and what they found is only a 10% of the marketers can actually forecast a smaller shift in marketing spend. So because marketers do not still today with all the sophistication that we have is marketers are not able to forecast the shift in marketing dollars. So if one month to other month, if the budget changes significantly, the most of the marketers have no clue what's going to happen in their end result. So what we're saying is, People need to start leveraging attribution. They need to use uh, mm -hmm. uh, automate, automated creative optimization. They need to understand the customer journey across multiple devices. AI. And treat them, yeah. AI, yeah, and treat them such way that they really get into the understanding of the customer instead of just hounding the customer with different ad messages. What a concept, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, what a it's concept. It's pretty natural, but doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about it. It's like, man, you keep sending me the same crap over and over and you're forcing this message down my throat. Why don't you give me something that, that really appeals to my needs? Hmm, what a concept, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we say, oh yeah, I wonder why we feel like Alexa's listening to us all the time or you know, seriously, they are, they're, they're listening. Come on. It's scary. Okay. Last one, social commerce and influencer marketing and integration will increase. This is absolutely big. Um, th this is probably one of the most profound ones on there because everybody sees it. It's not something that's of contention. This is not something that somebody say, yeah, I kind of don't believe that one guys, but yeah, absolutely. Social commerce and influencer marketing integration will increase. I mean, you see influencers everywhere all day long. I mean, it, there are people whose only jobs today, they quit their regular jobs. And they're they're yeah. professional influencers. And you're sitting there thinking facepalm, what? This is a real thing? And then you have those people with stage photographers and they, they you know, you have the, the personality and they're old and they actually hire a person. Have you seen that before? They hire a person to be their professional photographer, hmm. you know, to follow them around, to capture them in the moment so they can be influencers and, and using that influential uh, opinion in, in the marketing world is just crazy these days. And it's crazy how much these people are getting paid, you know, $10,000. Yeah, and I think that's the part of, uh, that's the part of this, like even the small brands and the big brands, 
the leveraging these influencers to yep. advertise. So for example, like uh, I really like the TikTok. They're going, you know, TikTok started as the one, uh, you know, whatever, like funny videos type of app. Yeah. And then now they're going into influencer marketing. They actually have a creative marketplace where brands can find the creators or influencers that align with their products and services yeah. and leverage those influencers. So when you say, oh, it's so hard to find influencers for my brand, that's not true. I mean, if you go to TikTok creator marketplace, you're going to be able to find them and engage your customers in a more meaningful way through TikTok. Yeah, it's, it is weird that this is a new job these days. <laughs> it's like your resume Absolutely. influencer, right? <laughs> All right, so we've hit 10. Let me quickly... Uh, go through what the 10 were again, and then we will cut for the day. So the first one was marketers will use AI-powered audience solutions instead of cookie-based. Number two was actionable video ads with in-video shopping experience will replace traditional video ads. Three, conversational marketing will overtake script-based marketing. Four, IoT devices will increase by 30% in 2022. Five, Adoption rate for a fully remote or hybrid sales model. Six, customer loyalty and e-commerce will continue to evaporate. Uh, seven, uh, let's see, personalization will expand across multiple devices. Eight, metaverse marketing adoption will increase for top brands. Nine, ad optimization will become extremely sophisticated. And 10, social commerce and influencer market integration will increase. Those are Ooh, there. We 10. go ten. Put it in and stone. We're always for next year. We're yeah. always ninety percent right, ninety percent of the time. Yeah, we need to closely monitor these. <laughs> Very cool. This has been fantastic, Samir. Um, thank you again, everybody. We're constantly still getting uh, people reaching out to us for uh, podcast guests. Uh, people wanting to join the podcast and ideas. Please keep it coming. This has been absolutely great. And just so you know. We've been happily doing this since what 2015 now. Yeah. This has been seven years. Six, Man. six plus years. Yeah. It's like having a baby together. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And uh that's our episode for today. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you guys. Bye.